Good morning, everyone. Morning, welcome to our service this morning. It's good to see you here. Half term is upon us, as you can probably tell. Um, and in my excitement at planning the service, I planned for a song with action. So that's going to be good for us all, isn't it? So as we gather this morning, I was wondering, people say to me, oh, well, you know, your church isn't that mixed, is it? Because you're in a village, everyone's very much the same, you know, you haven't got a great mix of people. I thought, no, surely, that cannot be true. So I thought we'd start by seeing how different we are. So for a start off, we'll just like you to indicate, raise hands or whatever. Is there anyone here with blue, blue eyes? Blue eyes. Anyone, anyone with brown eyes? Less brown eyes than blue eyes. That's unusual. Hazel eyes. Has anyone not got those colour eyes? Because there's some people haven't put it. <gasps> what have you got? Green. Green. Well, you're related. You're green. Green. I wouldn't have thought. Okay. Anyone who um, enjoys running? Oh yes. Some. Oh, a few people have. Anyone enjoy uh, team sports? Does anyone like watching football? <laughs> Athletics? Okay. Anyone enjoy a good read? Read a good book? Okay. And what about people who maybe enjoy swimming? Oh! <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, who enjoys walking? A good long walk? People are like, oh. What about sitting in a chair and just relaxing, not doing anything? <laughs> Who likes to uh, build things with Lego? Oh, yeah. Very good. And who likes to draw? Okay. Who comes from the... Oh, oh, don't say that. I'm sure you do. But it does, no, it doesn't matter. You can enjoy it. Who comes from the north of the country? Oh. And who comes from the south? Anyone in the Midlands? And anyone come from another country? It's not... Oh, you see, you see, do you think we have a bit of variety in here? We're quite different. You know, we may come from a certain sector of society, but we're quite different in what we're made up of and also where we come from, what we like, what we enjoy. I love the fact that at church we can all come together, lots of differences, and we can interact with people of lots of different ages. And there's no segregation in that sense. In the Bible, in the book of Galatians, it says, you were all baptised into Christ and so we're all clothed with Christ. This shows that you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now in Christ, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Greek, a slave or free, male or female. You are all the same in Christ Jesus. There's no hierarchy as we gather together. I am no better than you. You are no better than me. It doesn't matter our age or where we come from or what's happened in our life. We all come as equals before Christ Jesus this morning. So let's stand and worship the God who welcomes every single person the same. Let's stand and worship him this morning. The words, well it's now time for children, young people, to go to their various uh, groups in the building. 
I was going to announce something about small babies, but there's none here, so I won't do that. But as people go to their groups, we're going to stand and sing our next song together. We've sung it a couple of times, but if you don't know it, you can pick it up along the way. And this is just affirming the things that we believe. We gather together as one people under Christ, and we affirm what we believe before God. So let's stand and sing this next song together. We are continuing our walk through the book of Ephesians. I don't know whether that's the right phrase. Um, We have done one and a half chapters. And today we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcised, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. I don't know whether you knew this, but in my 20s, I used to play football. Not like... (laughs) It's an interesting uh, response, isn't it? Um, Not for a team, as in, you know, I used to play for Chelsea. No. Um, My friend and I thought we would join um, a football group of women. And so we used to go along um, every Tuesday night and we'd play football. And turns out that I was quite good on the wing, who knew? And so we used to do a bit of training, and then we'd have a game. And I used to end up on the ring, wing, running up and... If you don't know football, that's good, wings, on the side. Running up and down, crossing the ball in. And I used to really enjoy it. I thought, if only, when I was at school, they taught girls to play football, then I might have really been able to get, not, 
not into a team, don't get me wrong, wasn't that good. I might have got into a local team and just enjoyed playing football at the weekends. Anyway, I used to quite enjoy it and um, we used to have fun. And then this new girl came along. And do you know, sometimes, however much you try and like people, they rub you up the wrong way. And this girl, I just couldn't, couldn't, you know, sort of get on. She was very, very good. Maybe I was a little bit jealous. And um, she used to always, like, get the ball and just, like, skirt around everyone and then go and score a goal. And I was like, oh, whatever. And then, you see, I was running down the wing one day and she was running past me into the middle and she was going, Kate, 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 to me, Kate, Kate, Kate. And I thought, no, no, I don't want to pass to you, no. There were no other options. Kate, Kate, I'm here, I'm in the school, Kate, Kate. No, so what I did in my wise thoughts is I passed the ball into the corner where no one was there and it went out for a goal kick and she's like what are you doing and I'm like sorry sorry and then I suddenly realized you know why did I do that she's part of my team if I'd have passed to her in the middle she would have scored a goal because she was just that good you see she would have scored but because I had a bit of an issue with her and I didn't get on with her that well and I didn't want to, I passed the ball into an open space and it went out for nothing. No one was really very happy with me. And the moment I'd done it, I realised that I was being stupid, selfish, ridiculous. Because when you're on a football team, you're on a team. For those of you who don't like football, I'm sure you all know it's a team sport. You've got players on the pitch you need to pass to. And however much you like to play it on your own, and however much some of the stars today think that they can play it on their own, actually, to play it as it should be played, as it was intended, you have to play as a team. You have to include every single person. You cannot just do what you want. And here in the book of Ephesians, this amazing letter to the churches in that area of the world... Paul, having talked so far about the wonderful work of God, his ever-flowing grace to us, his amazing mercy, his free forgiveness, which is given again and again and again, that which is continually poured upon us through the sacrifice of Jesus, he now focuses his attention on the wider work of the cross, not individual salvation, but not just the reconciling of us to God through Jesus Christ, but rather the wider work of reconciling us to each other. So he looks at the relationship now, not just of us and God, but of us with each other as well. And the fact that if we are to function as a church, as the family of God, as we like to refer to ourselves as, then we need to recognise this work of peace and reconciliation that Jesus has done. And not only recognise it, but understand that just like in football teams, or in fact any team sport for that, if we're to live as we're intended to live, then we need to live as one people, including each and every person, working things out together, functioning as a team, reconciled to each other just as we have been reconciled to God. And of course in the Bible, in the city of Ephesus, and indeed in the early church in general, there was a real need to talk about reconciliation. Because after the coming together of God's people, and most specifically the early church, there was problems between the Jews 
and the Gentiles. Or as Paul puts it in this letter, the coming together of those who were far away with those who were near. Because, of course, before Jesus' arrival, before his work on the cross, there was only one group of people who held the title of the people of God. There was only one group of Jews who were named people of Israel, children of God, chosen nation. Those who had been gathered by Abraham long ago, led by Moses through the wilderness and formed by the hand of Yahweh himself. The Jewish nation who were God's people, the people of the covenant. And they were the rightful heirs of all that God had promised. But of course when Jesus was born, along with his long-awaited birth, there came the fulfilment of many prophecies. Prophecies about the one who would bring freedom and justice and righteous rule. But also prophecies about the one who would bring peace and reconciliation. Of course, the people of Israel, the Jewish nation, were looking forward to the arrival of Jesus, to the coming Messiah. This is what they pinned all their hopes on, the time when all these prophecies would be fulfilled and all would be made right. And they were looking forward to it because they had a particular view of how this would all play out. They thought that God would finally vindicate the Jews and banish the Gentiles those who were treating them so harshly. But when he came, of course, when Jesus finally arrived, things were very different to what the Jewish nation had expected. In fact, when he came, when Jesus arrived with God's agenda, their world, the people of God's view of the future, was turned upside down. And instead of being secure and protected... Everything was thrown up in the air for them. Jesus came and mixed together Jews and Gentiles. Jesus came and mixed together sinners and righteous people. Jesus came and mixed together the ungodly and the chosen ones of God. Or as Paul puts it, when Jesus came and died on the cross to open the way to God, he made the two one, destroying the barrier the dividing wall of hostility. Because when Jesus came, instead of banishing Gentiles and lifting up the Jews, he brought Jews and Gentiles together, not only reconciling each to himself in a wonderful new relationship, but reconciling each to the other as well. And for many devout Jewish followers, and indeed many newly converted Gentiles, this was actually truly horrifying to be joined together with people who historically had been so separate. I don't know whether any of you have been watching The Great British Bake Off now it's moved to Channel 4. Anyone? I have. Anyone enjoying it? I am. I find that it's quite good. Um, Well, last week, week eight, they did Forgotten Bakes. Did anyone watch the Forgotten Bakes week? No? Recorded? You watched it. And in, in the Forgotten Wet Bakes, they had one called the Bedfordshire Clanger, which was, from what I could work out, a sort of pasty with the sweet at one end and a savoury at the other, which apparently was created in the 19th century and the farmers used to take out into the fields, so they had a meal and um, they'd eat one side first and the other afterwards. 
presumably the savoury and then the sweet, but who knows. And in the middle, there was this dividing wall of pastry. So the bakers were given, I think, two or three clues as to how to make this. One was that you had to get your flavours right, always. And the other was that you should not let the two sides cross. Oh, that was a no-no. Keep your dividing wall of pastry. Who wants their sweet and savoury together? Mm-mm, mm-mm, not good. And so this was what they had to do. Because mixing sweet and savoury was terrible. I have to say that actually no one had that problem, did they? The dividing wall stayed. Someone dropped a clanger on the floor. Hilarious. And many other things happened, but the dividing wall was kept in the middle. Because, you know, mixing sweet and savoury, unless you've got a sweet and savoury dish, is almost unforgivable. It's not right. No clangour had ever been made like this. You have to keep them separate. And, you know, in effect, when Jesus came to sacrifice himself on the cross, to be raised to life again, he came to break down the dividing wall. Not just between himself and us, but between people as well, between Jews and Gentiles, those who had citizenship in Israel and those who were foreigners and seemingly so very far from God. And when he broke down that wall, the two were free to mix as equals. The sweet and savoury had nothing to stop them from joining together in one horrifying new concoction, which no one had seen before. And it was horrifying because it was totally new. It was outrageous. How dare this happen? No one mixes sweet and savoury. You see, it wasn't that Jesus came so that the Gentiles could join the Jews as people of Israel. And it wasn't that Jesus came so that God's people could make space for more of the same to come in. Rather, it was that Jesus came so that a completely new people could be born, a mixture that had never been seen before, that was totally new. Not a people who needed to be circumcised to get close to God or a people who needed to follow laws to be anywhere near to righteous or a people who had to have a specific history or lineage to get near God, but a completely new people born out of the sacrifice of Jesus. And on a totally equal footing as children of God. Jew and Gentile together as God's children. Or as Paul so often puts it much better than me, Jesus' purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. Thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. You see, Paul says Jesus came not to add those who were far away into his already fully functioning people, but to create out of the two one new people who would live in new and radical ways, never seen before, creating a concoction that no one had ever known, built on the foundations of the prophets and the apostles who had both preached the new ways of God and resting on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ himself, a concoction of sweet and savoury that together 
would bring the kingdom of God near to anyone who wanted to enter in. That together would reflect the God that they worshipped. And you know, I think this is wonderful, this passage. Partly, of course, because if we applied the culture of Jesus' time to today, I'm a Gentile. There's no getting around that. And so there'd be no chance if tradition had been followed of me getting anywhere near to God before Jesus Christ. And also partly because in a world today that is seeking to build more and more walls, in a world that is segregated and a world that marginalises and a world that discriminates, in a world that sees difference as a threat or as a scary anomaly that might bring harm, the way of Jesus, this work of reconciliation, this radical unity brought about by the blood of Christ, one that might seem to be a horrifying concoction to some, is actually truly liberating. In a world that segregates people, whether we do it knowingly or unknowingly, in a world that puts people in groups, in a world that categorises age, To break down that wall and say everyone is equal is truly liberating. It is freedom in Christ. Or as Paul says, it is the working out of peace. This is peace. Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father. You see, the reality is that Jesus came to create a new humanity that brings peace and unity to a world that is divided everywhere we look. It's the wonderful truth of the children of God. But it's also hugely challenging, I think. Because, you know, when we look at this passage, there's a danger that instead of taking it as a depiction of us, We can simply post it in the box of first century Jew-Gentile problems. Oh, that's happened, that's done. And then we turn the page and we read on what is there for us. Whereas actually we forget that this is our reality. We are the new humanity that came out of this time. We are those reconciled not only to God, but to each other as his family. And therefore, we're called to be like him. A people who practice acceptance. A people who practice equality. A people who practice true freedom. We're called to be people who create a place where it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile or a slave or a free or male or female. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It doesn't matter because we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all part of a new humanity of which there is no hierarchy because we're all bought for and paid for by Christ himself. And so our role, our calling as this new humanity is to live this truth out against the tide of inequality and discrimination that we see around us every day. Checking our actions, checking our words, checking our thoughts to see that they fall in line with the freedom that God has given us. Because the deep truth of this passage is that if we are to live as children of God, if we really are to be part 
of a new humanity held together by Christ, we need to work it out together. No longer seeing salvation as a personal choice that changes our life and our life alone, but instead realising that when we come to God, when we come to know him, we also come to share life not only with him, but with each other. We can't get away from that and we can't ignore it. Because it's only together as we love and accept each other and share this new concoction with those around that God's new way of life will really be seen and that we will actually fulfil our purpose on earth. Let's take a moment to think about what God has been saying to us this morning before we pray. So may we know the love and the grace and the mercy of Christ forever flowing upon us and within us. And may we know what it is to live people as people of God, his children, who value each other the same. May God bless us and keep us and walk with us. Amen. Please be seated. Please do join us for tea and coffee. And, oh, there is cake. There is cake. So enjoy that. And if anyone is able to help with meals for Margaret and Ivan, please do let me know after the service and we will uh, work something out for you, Ivan. Thank you.